Hello, everybody, and welcome back to one of the newest podcasts here in the Land Grant Holy Land family of podcasts. It is the only college basketball podcast within the LGHL family of podcasts, and we call it Bucketheads. My name is Connor Lamans. I'm here with my lovely co-host, Justin Golba. Justin and I also pair up on the Friday Your Nuts articles, which we specifically do basketball topics. Justin, how are you doing today? Uh, tell myself and the people, uh, how'd you spend your holiday weekend? I just spent it with family, Connor, you know, who spelled celebrating the 4th of July like it was meant to be celebrated. Um, and I'm excited to get back and talk some Ohio State basketball. Absolutely. Today, um, we're going to talk a little bit about you know, Ohio State with Dwayne Washington Jr. and EJ Liddell. Um, you know, well, they, both made, they both made some announcements for next season. Uh, not to spoil it, but if you're listening to a college basketball podcast in July, um, and you probably already know this, Dwayne is staying in the draft. He's hoping to get drafted probably sometime in the second round. And EJ is coming back to Ohio State for next season. So we'll talk about that first. And then we have a very special guest, our first ever guest on the Bucketheads podcast coming up in a little bit. He'll be talking to us about the TBT bracket. Um, you know, there's some teams, as you as you heard last time, that we've never heard of. So we're going to go uh, pick his brain a little bit about TBT. Yeah, and speaking of TBT, Langer and Holy Land is running a bracket challenge for the basketball tournament this summer, as we all like to do, uh, just like March Madness in the spring. The winner of our bracket challenge gets a Carmen's Crew t-shirt of their choice, which are fantastic, and a pair of Puma tennis shoes. In addition to those prizes, the winner of the overall bracket challenge the TBT runs is one Bitcoin or the cash equivalent when the tournament's final basket is made. Right now, that's floating around $35,000, $34,000, so that's a very nice cash out. Second place wins one Ethereum coin or the cash equivalent. And as of this second, it's valued at around $2,200. And third place wins one Dogecoin or cash equivalent, which right now is about $0.25, cents, but it's better than nothing. Exactly. Maybe, uh, maybe it'll bounce back at some point. Um, to join our bracket challenge, you can just Google Land Grant Holy Land TBT bracket challenge. Um, I'm not going to read the whole URL to you guys. Just Google it. It's the first result there. Or just pay attention to our Twitter account. We're going to be tweeting it out um, quite a bit as we get closer and closer to the TBT. Um, and we'll probably tweet out the link below this podcast tweet on our account as well. Um, but first, we'll go ahead and we'll talk about Dwayne and EJ real quick before we get to our guests. Um, as we said, Dwayne Washington Jr., um, he's going to go to the NBA draft. He is not coming back to Ohio State. Um, he, he was not projected to be drafted. He still isn't projected to be drafted, but his stock has really jumped up a lot with the combine and with the G League camp. He's really opened some eyes, um, showing that he can score at all three levels. So he is gone. That is set in stone. His his career is done. His last game was the Oral Roberts game. Uh, Justin, do you think that that's going to like tarnish at all what people remember him as a Buckeye there? Um, were you surprised he left? Did you expect him to leave? Like, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Um, unfortunately, I do think for some people it'll tarnish his legacy. It shouldn't, uh, because how, how, I mean, he's a three year, a thousand point scorer. That's an incredible, that's an incredible feat to accomplish. Um, you know, like you said, what's going to really make his decision in the NBA is the fact he's a three level scorer. He's a guy who can get to the bucket and score with contact. He can get you in the mid range or he can obviously knock down the three pointer at a high level. So, He's a guy who a lot of teams are going to take a look at, take a run at. I'm sure he'll get some serious invites to camps and whatnot. I don't think he'll get drafted, but I think he'll be right on the upper echelon of undrafted guys. 
Um, it stinks that he goes out with the Oral Roberts game, but at the end of the day, um, you know, you can look at the Big Ten tournament as his best legacy if you want to. Yeah, I, I don't know if he'll be drafted or not. I wouldn't be shocked, you know, if there's a team that needs, you know, specifically offensive help and you're you're watching the the combine and stuff. He he'll I feel like he's a he'll be good enough to score in the NBA. It's just is he good enough in all the other areas defensively? Does he have a, a position to play? Is he going to be a point guard for a team? Is he going to be an off kind of an off ball guard kind of guy? Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if somewhere between like it's what two rounds, thirty picks each, so fifty and six, like somewhere between fifty and sixty, maybe somebody grabs him. Um, I wouldn't be shocked, but I'm kind of with you that I don't think he'll be drafted. But the bottom line is, you know, I don't, I don't think that staying for another year in college really would have helped him. He wouldn't have been more likely to get drafted a year from now, right? Yeah, that, and that's where you see a lot of people say like, oh, we should have stayed and got that one year. But I agree with you. I don't know that one year would have really changed what he is. He would have averaged more points. He probably would have been in the twenty-two to twenty-four points per game range, um, just on just on workload. But I don't think he would have made too many huge steps defensively, just because that's not really the player he is. You know, it's okay if you don't have to always be better at something. You know, sometimes you just have a strength and a weakness. His strength is scoring. His weakness is on the defensive end of the ball. So um, it'll be interesting to see what, you know, there's a lot of guys who in college who were pretty primarily offensive guys who worked out their niche in the NBA. Um, So it'll be very interesting to see where he lands. I do think we'll see him in the NBA at some point. I don't know how long that's going to be kind of up to him and, and what he can carve out what kind of role he can carve out, but um, you know, there's definitely teams that need offensive help. So we'll see. And I feel like players are, I feel like more and more players are, I don't want to say discriminated against, but teams are like ageist. It's like, if you're older, mm-hmm. you have less value. Like when Kata Bates Diop dropped so far a couple of years ago, when he was expected to be like in the twenties or thirties and he went at the 48th pick, they said part of it was just because like, he's old, like he's already 23. Why would we draft a guy that's 23 years old when we can draft a guy who's a, who was a freshman who's 19? That's four more years they're going to play in the league. So that's another thing that people, I think, kind of overlook is like if Dwayne enters a draft a year from now as the same player, but he's just 22 or 23 years old at that point, that's going to go against him. Like nowadays, your first like five picks in the draft are always like 19, 18 or 19 years old, I feel like. No, absolutely. And I just saw an interesting thing. I think it was um, the top eight picks projected in this draft are the top eight recruits from the 2019 or 2020 recruiting class. They're all all guys who just played either one year in the in the college or one year at the G League level like Jalen Green would have done um, or your guys like Kate Cunningham who just were one and done. So it is it is a young man's league. I mean, you look at guys like Luka Doncic, Trey Young. Obviously, Devin Booker. I mean, the, the list goes on and on about stars who were just 22, 23 years old and even younger. Um, it, it it hurts if you come out at 23 or even 24. I don't know what Dwayne is. I think I believe he's 22, so he would have been 23 um, when he comes out. So, you know, it, it, it that absolutely affects you. So I think that definitely played a role in his decision, whereas EJ Liddell is a sophomore. He has time. Exactly. Like, that's the thing is you- – if you're if you're the same player next year, but you're just a year older, that's just going to hurt you. Versus Liddell, which we, we'll talk about him a little bit. He um you know he is coming back. He just said you know we're recording this on Monday. Today's Monday. Um, he just said two days ago, Saturday, that he was coming back to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he's a year younger than Dwayne. So if he has one more year, if he was to enter the draft again next year as a very similar player, it's still, again, he'll have less value because he's not as young as he was. But I think if he's going to be a junior, that means he'll be turning 21 at some point this year. So he's just 20 right now. Um, again, I don't know if EJ's an NBA player either, but he could. He said that, you know, the guy he idolizes and tries to be like is, is Paul Millsap, which I can see it. Yeah, that's a very interesting comparison. And it's also one that I could see EJ kind of carving out that kind of role in the NBA. And also the difference with Dwayne Washington and EJ Liddell is EJ can take some time and work on his body and get bigger, which will, you know, which can obviously improve his draft stock and also just work on his shooting and get a little more of a stretch kind of four kind of thing going on, like a Paul Millsap. Whereas Dwayne, his size isn't really going to play that big of a role in the in how he plays. So it doesn't really matter for him to come back and put on a little muscle. That's he'll, He can do that at the NBA level anyway. For EJ Liddell, a guy who plays kind of more down low, is going to bang a little more with the big guys down there. Um, that can impact him. So I think this makes a lot of sense for EJ to come back. And, you know, for as Ohio State fan, this keeps them – in my top 10 next year. So, right. And there was a lot of funky stuff going on last week too. Cause if anybody was paying attention, if you're not paying the super close attention to like social media and that kind of stuff right now, Ohio state did have a bunch of the older players, guys that used to play for the Buckeyes. Um, even guys that never played for Holtman, you had D'Angelo Russell, John Diebler, um, William Buford, Sam Thompson, Aaron Kraft, Jared Sullinger, like basically every noteworthy basketball player that played for Ohio State, um, and even some that weren't as noteworthy, like Dave Bell was back, Trevor Thompson was back, they all came back and practiced with the team this week or last week, um, which is super cool, especially some of those guys that didn't play for Holtman. Obviously, he's reached out and has reconnected with some of these guys to be like, hey, you know, you're still welcome here. Um, but both Dwayne and EJ were were back in Columbus with the team. So there was, you know, rumors swirling and stuff, you know, oh, are they both coming back? Um, are they allowed to do this? Does that mean they're both coming back? Um, so those were quickly like stomped out and we saw, you know, EJ came back, Dwayne chose not to. So, but, but they were both just kind of hanging out with the older players. Yeah. And I think when you look at the big one that you just mentioned is obviously D'Angelo Russell, who famously, you know, years ago said, I don't think I'll ever go back talking about Ohio State after they fired Thad Mata. So it, it shows that Chris Holtman has put an emphasis on not only getting these guys to come back and mentor young guys, but even fixing mended fences, which he doesn't have to do. You know, he doesn't have to reach out to D'Angelo Russell and say, hey, you know, let's talk about this. Let's get you back on campus because it doesn't really benefit him in any way. It just benefits the young guys to learn from a star like D'Angelo Russell. Um, so that's awesome to see. Uh, it's It just kind of speaks to what we know about Chris Holtman. But um, – it was really cool to see Russell there. And, you know, I know they all did like a photo shoot in current Ohio state gear, which looked really cool. Um, and for, for, for those young guys trying to, I mean, imagine being a Malachi Branham, you know, you're, you're just getting to campus, you're learning some people and all of a sudden now you're, you're hooping and you're practicing with William Buford and D'Angelo Russell and John Diebler, these guys you can really mend your game after. So it, that's a really cool thing. It is super cool. And some of those guys that were in Columbus, um, some of those guys that were in Columbus visiting the team are also guys that were on the Carmen's crew team. Uh, Aaron Kraft, John Diebler is on the team. Um, obviously, Sullinger is the coach. I don't think he's going to play. Evan Turner was there, who allegedly is like out of retirement. D'Angelo Russell tweeted that Evan Turner is out of retirement, even though I think he was just retired for like half the season. So you had like half the Carmen's crew roster there too. Yeah, and I know they're always on campus practicing when the TBT is coming around, but it's, it's just cool to see them with the actual team. 
you know, they don't have to do those kinds of things. They don't have to be any part of the team, really, their alumni. You know, I mean, guys like Diebler and Buford, they were there. You know, we're talking, they're a decade out of this. So um, it's just cool to see. It obviously, it makes everybody better because you're learning from, you know, either current college players or, or former. Um, and it's just, it's, it's, it's an interesting kind of token on, on the program. I don't know how many programs you could take and put pretty much their entire, I mean, everybody that's mattered to the program over the past decade and put them all in a gym together and get that all set up. That's really cool. I agree. And speaking of TBT, um, we are super excited to welcome our first guest on the Bucketheads podcast. Um, it is none other than Ohio State legend and host of the Inside TBT podcast, Mr. Joey Lane. Joey joined us for a little bit to talk about TBT. Tell us a little bit about some of these teams that we've never heard about. Fields expanding back to 64 teams last year. I think last year was just 24. Um, you know, and tell us how he feels about Carmen's cruise chances as well. Um, Joey's great. He's a longtime supporter of Land Grant Holy Land. Um, we always love having him on our various, you know, podcasts and projects we're doing. So without further ado, here's our interview with Joey Lane. All right, folks, we've got our first ever guest on the Land Grant Holy Land Bucketheads podcast, and we're super excited to welcome Ohio State legend Joey Lane on to talk a little TBT with us. Joey, you are the first guest we've ever had, so you'll be setting the bar for pretty much every other guest that we have after this. So how are you doing? Uh, how was your holiday? Um, how'd you spend it, man? Yeah, well, first of all, fellas, thanks for having me. I am honored. Um, everyone knows I'm a huge fan of everything to do with all that you guys are associated with. So um, you guys always had my back while I was in school, so I'm happy to reciprocate a little bit here. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm honored. Uh, I had a blast this weekend. I hope you guys had a great weekend as well. I was actually in Nashville with some buddies. So it was a good time. It was a good time. A little, little Nash Vegas. Yeah, we, we appreciate you, you know, always helping us out. when You know, whenever we holler, you're always more than willing. So absolutely. Um, Justin, do you want to take it away? We'll just we'll just jump right into it. We'll start with some TBT stuff. Yeah, Joey, we'll just jump right into the TBT. Um, you know, you've been involved with this for a long time now. Uh, you know, TBT is getting into – it's really kind of getting into its own. Um, but let the people that are kind of coming into it now, let them know, you know, what is a team that's kind of stunned out? Obviously, we know the big ones, the Carmen Crew, the, the Sideline Cancers, but uh, what's a team that maybe you don't you have seen that is entering maybe their first year or that they're – you know, kind of picking up some traction that you want the, the people to know about? Yeah, I think there are, you know, there are the mainstays that, that are in it year in and year out, and obviously everybody listening is going to know Carmen's crew. Um, but one team that's probably, you know, been in TBT as long as almost any other team but doesn't get the same publicity and the same love is, is a team called Everline Drive, and uh, they probably have the best roster maybe besides uh, Syracuse's team, Bayheim's Army. Um, they probably have the best roster out there, um, just under the radar, and they don't have necessarily like the biggest names ever, but they have a bunch of high major college players, a bunch of former NBA players. They just have one of the best rosters out there. I think they're playing in a loaded region, the the Wichita State region, and uh, I mean they're just a really interesting team because really they'll be the favorite in every single game that they play probably uh, in the entire tournament. So I guess that's maybe not the most like um, you know, low key team. Uh, one team that I think is really underseeded. Um, they're a six seed. 
the Arkansas team, the Arkansas alumni team. They're called Team Arkansas, which we always joke on our show that uh, it's a super creative name, Team Arkansas. I'm not quite sure how they came up with it, but they have a loaded roster as well. They've got guys who either have played in the NBA, um, had a cup of coffee in the NBA, or play at a super, super high level overseas. Guys like Dusty Hannes and Jalen Barford. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And they also have uh, Sonny Weems on staff with them where, um, you know, it would be hard. <laughs> I don't see a world where if they win a couple of games and they go to Dayton and stuff and they're in the final, or getting close to the finals, that, that, that Sonny Weems doesn't suit up. And then they got arguably one of the best guys in the tournament all of a sudden. So, um, they have a great roster. They're underseeded. They're a sixth seed, and, and I think they honestly have a chance to definitely get to Dayton and even win it all. So there you go, Joey. I have a question about the bracket too. When me and uh, when me and Justin were breaking it down, so we didn't like fill out a bracket, but we kind of broke it down real quick a couple weeks ago. We were looking at the balance or lack thereof in the regions, and what we kind of decided was we thought that the Carmen's Crew region, so the Columbus region. And the other one that we're looking at would be, I believe, the Golden Eagles regions with the Marquette team. Those look like the two corners that look hardest to me. And then when you look at the sideline cancer region, does it jump out at you like the, so the sideline cancer has the easiest walk to the final four of any of these four? Because to me, their corner looks a lot easier than everybody else's. Um, I do think Carmen's crew has quite the tough path considering their second round game. It's going to be against either Purdue's alumni team or Tennessee's alumni team, and those got those rosters are both incredible. Um, so I would definitely agree uh, in the sense that um, you know, sideline cancer is one of the best teams, and they are. Uh, you know, if you asked me a month ago, I'd say they're the favorite. Maybe not anymore with some of the additions that some of the other teams have made, and and they also have some of the one of the easiest routes. Uh, you know, I think obviously that that's a huge advantage, but no game is easy in uh in this tournament i mean we saw it last year but even this year mm-hmm. it's just going to be really interesting uh to see you know you got every game is its own beast um so it's going to be really really fun it's just awesome basketball yeah it's a great time especially if you have a chance to go in person you mentioned carmen's crew and that is a question that i had for you it's something that we've been looking at your general thoughts on this year's carmen's crew roster and in particular do you see them potentially having problems if they have to play that Purdue team? I know it could be the Tennessee team, assuming that Ohio State, I'm sorry, Carmen's crew wins their first game. Could that be a possible tough matchup with, I believe they have Isaac Haas and AJ Hammonds both on that team. So to sum it up, your general thoughts on the roster and then that particular matchup, if it was to happen. Yeah, I think, first of all, I think they've put together a great roster. They've got a great mix of, um, young and old vets and, and, and young legs. Um, I think that the major advantage that these guys have maybe um, that some of the other alumni teams have is not only did they play together in school, obviously, um, but they also play together every single summer, like all summer when they're in town. Every Ohio State alumni comes back and plays in Columbus with um, their former teammates, with former players, with other um, with current Ohio State guys, with other Columbus um, uh, college basketball players that maybe went to different schools and they just are always playing together. So I think that that is a huge advantage. I mean, uh, truth of the matter is like, you know, Aaron Kraft has not played basketball for a year. That'll be really, really interesting. I know he plays in a men's league uh, in Columbus. So it's not like he's never touched a basketball, but 
I mean, obviously it's a way different level. Uh, I know John Diebler is um, really, really, really old, and I hope he hears that. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's 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 just an old, old man, so that'll be interesting. But, I mean, like guys like Buford and, and David Lighty and, you know, some of these other guys that have been TBT staples for a few years now are still playing at an incredibly high level. And, I mean, with additions like Caleb Wesson and Shannon Scott and, uh, you know, and bringing back Lenzel Smith and, um, you know, Keyshawn, obviously, who, who that, that's my guy. I think that they have a great mix of guys who have been there and done it and guys who are willing to step in and play a great role for them. I just really hope that either Sully or Evan Turner suits up, even though I think it's a long shot. It would be just – it would put them in the conversation for best roster and, and put them in the conversation for being the favorites, which could be very, very fun. You're, you're closer to the action than, than we are. Do you have any uh... – on a percentage chance, what do you think the percentage chance is that either one of those guys plays in at least one game in this tournament? Either of them. Oh, man. Because um, that sounded very unlikely to us. It yeah, seems like the longer it goes, the less likely I feel it is. But you probably know better than me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely got some inside scoop for sure. I just don't – I don't see Sully playing at all. I really don't. I think he's excited about coaching, which is crazy to me. But <laughs> – I don't think he's going to play. I guess ET has a better chance, but I don't think he's going to play either. I would, maybe a ten percent chance in total. I don't know. It's very low. I gotcha. And then what do you what do you think about you know if, if there's a weakness on this team? Do you think it is like the big men like down low? I know they have Evan Evan Ravenel, um, but do you think that Purdue matchup could be possibly a sticky spot for them if that's what ends up happening? You know, yes and no. I would say that. Uh, as, and this is how I've always viewed basketball. Yeah, it's probably a really tough matchup to guard Isaac Haas. I mean, we've got Caleb Weston. we got Rav, right? I mean, like, they can guard him, like, in theory. But, like, they Isaac Haas also has to come down the court and guard Caleb and Rav, who both present their own problems, being able to stretch to the outside, handle the ball, make plays for themselves. Like, he's not going to be able to guard them either, you know? So – Mm-hmm. Uh, presents it presents an interesting matchup um you know Purdue and Ohio State both have to win right in order for them to play so there's a you know there's a long way to go before all that happens but um I could see there being some problems but I I think the best teams in the TBT are the teams that play relatively small so I think that Purdue's probably going to have to find a lineup without Isaac Haas if they want to go really really far and at the end of games because TBT, just like the NCAA tournament, just like all basketball, guards are who really take you to the promised land. Um, it'll be really, really interesting to see how they go about that. Obviously, Isaac Haas is incredible, and he presents a really tough challenge, but uh, the flip side is, is also true with with a guy like Caleb Wesson, for example. So it'll be really interesting if that matchup happens. Yeah, and Joey, you, know, you just talked about favorites and whatnot. My favorite about two weeks ago was sideline cancer until – Beheim's Army decided to pull a 2017 Warriors on us and go full super team and, and pull in DeAndre Kane and, you know, probably the TBT legend himself, DJ Kennedy. Um, is is Beheim's Army your favorite now, or where do you see that team lining up now with those yeah, new additions? I, yeah, I think Beheim's Army probably has to be the favorite just because, like you kind of said, we people joke about it. Like DJ Kennedy's like the LeBron James of the TBT. You know, he's got like four titles. He's got the all-time points, like all this crazy stuff. And he obviously – is an incredible player. And then you got DeAndre Kane, who's incredible in his own right. They got guys like Kiefer Sykes and CJ Fair and, and other Syracuse legends. So 
I think they probably have to be the favorites. Uh, I think Everline Drive is up there. I think Sideline Cancer still is in the conversation just because they went to the championship last year and they only got better. Um, but you're right. There are some super teams out there. It's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. Um, and the best thing about the TBT is it seems like the favorites never really win, um, except for when Overseas Lead had that little run where, you know, for a couple of those years they, they weren't the favorites, but a couple of the years they were. Um, but it seems like, you know, Carmen's crew was probably the favorite last year and they got bounced in their first game. So it's just the beauty of the tournament, just like the beauty of the NCAA tournament, is anything can happen. And that's why you play the games. <laughs> Joey, with you doing the uh, the Inside TBT podcast, being pretty closely involved with the tournament itself, um, when the tournament starts here in less than two weeks, um, how involved are you going to be with the tournament physically? Are you going to be like at the Columbus Games, and then are you going to be there as a fan, or are you going to be there in more of a working fashion? And then as it moves on, like how uh, how much is is TBT dropping the bag for you and helping you get you know? <laughs> a good spot to sit or like, are you going to be there more as a fan or in like working fashion? Yeah, I, I will be at the West Virginia regional and I will be at the Columbus regional um, in more of a working fashion uh, for sure. Definitely a West Virginia in Columbus. It'll be tough because um, you know, I'll, there'll be a lot of people there that I want to see and hang out with. So I'm sure they'll understand that I'll be more of an ambassador to the Columbus regional there. Um, but I will be there in a working capacity. They're hooking it up for me and Andrew who do the podcast for them. And we will be interviewing guys and interviewing fans and uh, doing a lot of uh, really, really fun stuff with them. So really looking forward to it. And then are you going to be doing the same uh, in Dayton? Like regardless of who ends up, you know, being the teams there, are you going to get sent to the the final round too? Yep. I will be in Dayton as well. Um, Hopefully, 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 one of the many teams that I love and root for, including Ohio State, obviously, will be there. And, uh, you know, really looking forward to just getting out and seeing these games in person, you know? Absolutely. I, uh, I've i got tickets to the first two games in Columbus. Um, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause and wait and see kind of what happens. But I'm hoping to go through all the Columbus games and then hopefully Dayton as well. But we'll see how that works out. Awesome. Um, so that's that's about as much TBT stuff as we're going to cover. We have a couple questions just in general, Ohio State stuff, that we're going to try to hit here in the time that we have left. Um, we're going to go ahead and stay current with Dwayne and EJ, and obviously you're not with the program anymore, so I don't expect you to have any inside info or anything like that. But how does Dwayne going to the NBA draft impact this year's team? Which guys do you expect to step up the most in his absence? And do you have a hunch on maybe who's going to slide into that starting spot probably next to, to Jamari Wheeler? Yeah, um, you know, I think that it's very – it's incredible for Dwayne, his rise um, through, you know, his senior year in high school to where he is now uh, becoming – I mean, one of – having one of the greatest seasons and greatest stretches in recent Buckeye memory through – you know, the Big Ten tournament and just, I mean, it, it for me, it's very, very fun and fulfilling. I feel like an older brother because, I mean, I hosted him on his recruiting trip. Um, sorry, my series going off. Sorry. 
Um, I, I mean, like I hosted him uh, my junior year on his visit and he committed and like we became extremely close, extremely fast. And I'm just like so unbelievably happy for him that he has the opportunity um, to live out his dream. And uh, I think that, <laughs> of course, I'm selfishly would have loved to see him back at Ohio State, but it's super exciting to see what he's going to do. Um, but it, it, it's a huge, huge impact on on Ohio State. Obviously, with EJ coming back, that's incredible. I think that's so awesome. And, you know, he's got a chance to really stamp his legacy at Ohio State as an all-time great, which will be really, really fun to watch him this year as a as a preseason Big Ten Player of the Year favorite and maybe even like a preseason National Player of the Year candidate. Like, that's going to be really fun. But Dwayne, Dwayne's going to have a huge impact. You know, we went from being like a preseason top five team to like a preseason top, you know, 20, 15, 20 team. Um, yeah, I think Jamarley Wheeler is going to start. Uh, I, I would imagine that uh, Jimmy Sotos will probably start at the two guard for in the short term or Justice with Justin uh, as the other guards, a combination of that um, with Jamari Wheeler in the backcourt. Uh, and then eventually – I wouldn't be surprised if one of the younger guys came on, um, whether that's Michi or Malachi. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point they overtook those guys in some capacity with, with those guys still playing a major role in, in the in the rotation. Um, but, you know, Dwayne's a huge loss. It would have been very fun to see him come back and, and put on a show this year. Um, but I, I think this team has got more than enough to, to compete for a Big Ten championship, which is just going to be awesome. Interesting. So, you know, what I've seen is, you know, Holtman definitely likes to lean on his older players. We thought just with the depth at guard right now. So we were wondering if it was going to be Michi or possibly Branham from day one. You think it's more likely going to be either Jimmy Sotos, who everybody knows, you know, he right when he had an opportunity to start last year, he had a pretty nasty injury and missed the rest of the year. Um, You think it's going to be Jimmy or possibly like Justice sliding in there is what you're saying. Yeah, I would um I would think that Holman will start and give the nod to the older guys and then give way to whoever's playing well as the year goes on and let the you know, it's a lot of pressure to put on a guy um to throw him in the mix right away unless he just has an incredible fall in preseason and he's ready to roll, which very well could happen. Um I think that Jimmy, Justice, Justin, they all deserve a chance and they have proven um that they are impactful players, so they'll probably get it. Um, but again, we'll not be surprised if the younger guys, especially Michi, who is, he's a stud. I mean, Michi is just an absolute stud, um, along with Malachi, but obviously Michi's just, I mean, since day one. So um, I, I would imagine that that those guys will get more than their fair share of an opportunity uh, to, to contribute big minutes. Yeah, Joey, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll give you one last question here and then let you go. Uh, we know you're a busy man. Just, you know, you're one of the players that was, at, in the program under Chris Holtman and Thad Mata. Um, what did you see kind of with those two? How are they similar? How are they different? You know, they both seem like they were great coaches and mentors, but just what did you see from those two and kind of how were maybe even on the court or off the court, just their similarities and in, in personalities or differences? Yeah, I mean, they're so incredibly similar, which was, you know, from our perspective, I mean, it, it was very important, you know, because – that's kind of how we hit the ground running so well as a, as a team. I mean, there was only six of us that uh, made the kind of changeover from um, Mata to Holman. But, uh, I mean, it helped a ton with the, the fact that they had very similar philosophies and they were both 
great people and cared about us as, uh, you know, people first and then players second. But in terms of basketball-wise, they both were very defensive-minded coaches. I mean, like, the practices with Holman when he first came here were 99% defense. And me and Jay Sean Tate joke about it all the time, about how we got there and we were like, are we ever going to touch a basketball? Like, what is going on? Like, it was like straight out of like, uh, like a Coach Carter type movie where we're just like doing defensive slides all day. But it was similar with Coach Mata. We did a lot of defensive breakdown stuff, and that's that's what works in in college basketball, especially in the Big Ten. Defense comes first. So they were both defensive minded coaches. I think Coach Holman maybe had a little bit more pep in his step and energy just because he had a lot more to prove than with Coach Mata. Um, which is not a knock on Coach Mata. It was just a different kind of coaching style. He's much more laid back and um, kind of more of like a you know a, a manager of, of men versus Holtman had more of a, a grip and a pulse on us at all times. Um, but, I mean, they're both just incredible people with inc- incredible families and, um, I mean, just played a gigantic impact in, in my development and my life as a person. And, and I'm just, you know, forever indebted to those guys for, for all that they did for me and, and for all that they did for Ohio state really. Okay. I have one last question and you can either give it a one word. You could explain. Um, you played four full years. You traveled a lot of different cities, saw a lot of different arenas. You cannot say the shot. Obviously what was the visiting venue that when you went to play a road game there, you were the most either impressed by or you were scared by like the most eye-opening road venue that when you'd go there every time you would just go, you know, holy shit, like this is overwhelming. What place would that be for you? Yeah, I mean, I could tell you it's definitely not the shot. Um, So (laughs) it's definitely not the shot. I'm sure you guys know that too. We're working on it. We're getting so much better. Even like coming back as a fan two years ago, my first year out, I was like, holy moly, this is light years difference from like my freshman and sophomore year when it was like, there were people knitting in the first row during games and stuff. But um, I think that Purdue is the first that always comes to mind. Their fans are incredible. It's so loud. It's so tight. They're on top of you. That's the that's my gut answer every time. Um, outside of the Big Ten, Virginia was awesome. Um, I've been to North Carolina as a fan. North Carolina was awesome, but Virginia was a different level, and Purdue is – uh, definitely the best. And I also have the best memory there. So it makes it even better. I mean, I've never heard a stadium be so loud and then so quiet the way it was when we upset them my junior year, um, back when, when they had that incredible team that got up to like number two in the country. So, so Purdue is my answer. Joey, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Hopefully this gives people, um, a little better idea of what TBT is all about. Get some folks excited for the tournament here in a few weeks. Um, this is generally the part of the episode where we shamelessly plug all of our social media projects we're working on, all that. So where can people find you on Twitter? What stuff are you working on right now? Where can people listen to you? Give us all that. Yeah, so I got I got a lot going on, which is very, very fun. Um, you can follow me on Twitter uh, at JoeySmoke14, Instagram, TheJoeyLane. Uh, got the Inside TBT podcast, which is at InsideTBT. Um, and then, then you got uh, our my Drive the Lane podcast, which is more of the Ohio State focus, more college sports, college athletics focused, which is uh, at Drive the Lane Pod at Drive the Lane Podcast. Uh, you can download both of those on um, anywhere you get podcasts. Um, 
uh, reach out to us on Twitter. We love talking to, to everybody. The, the drive the lane stuff will get ramped up here uh, in a couple of weeks as football season approaches. But right now we're kind of locked in on TVT and um, hopefully we'll, we'll see some, uh, some of you guys and also some people listening here out in, in Columbus at, at the TBT regional. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And if you haven't checked out inside TBT, please do so. You guys have great guests. It's always fun to listen to and you guys get some great insight because you guys talk to the actual guys playing in the tournament and whatnot. So that's all, always fun. Joey, really appreciate you taking the time again. I know you just got back in town earlier today, as you mentioned. So appreciate you. I'm sure you're tired. So we look forward to having you back on as we get closer to the actual season and, and throughout the year, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Fellas, always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And if you guys ever need me, I, I'm, I'm always, always, always down. Have a great rest of your weekend, and, and we will talk soon. And with that, I think we're going to call it a day. Uh, if you're finding us on the website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast and music, whether Spotify, Apple Music, any of those. Linker and Holy Land is rolling out a few new podcasts this year, and we'll be posting new podcast episode five days a week at least, especially when football season comes rolling around. So make sure you keep your eyes on that. We personally will release a new episode once every two weeks until we get closer to basketball season, and then this will be a weekly podcast. So as always, you can find me at Justin underscore Golba on Twitter. Um, Connor, where can we find you? You can find me at Lamonds underscore Connor on Twitter. Um, and then also don't forget to follow the Land Grant account uh, at Land Grant 33, um, as well as our website. If you're old school and like to just go to the LandGrantHolyLand.com and read our pieces. All right. With that, thank you guys for listening. We will talk to you guys in two weeks. And as always, go Bucks. <laughs>